0: you are listening to survive and thrive managing life with adult adhd adults affected by adhd will be helped to succeed enjoying their life in the process hosted by abigail Werf, coach author and speaker abigail's focus is helping adults with adhd live their best lives professionally and personally Hi, I'm Abigail Worf and welcome to Survive and Thrive Managing Life with Adult ADHD. This podcast episode is being published in February 2018 as a part of a series about ADHD and relationships. In this podcast episode 026, I discuss ADHD and relationships in general. Next week I will discuss ADHD and romantic relationships the week after ADHD in our relationship with money, followed by the final week on relationships and ADHD about ADHD and relating to family, including parenting. For those of you new to this podcast, I'm an ADHD coach who works with individuals and couples affected by ADHD. I am also an author of the book, Called Forget Perfect How to Succeed in Your Profession and Personal Life Even If You Have ADHD. This book is available at my website at abigailworf.com forward slash book, or you can go straight to Amazon. I mention my book because I go more in detail on the relationship topics I am covering this month in the book than I have time to cover on these podcast episodes. Now, as I just said, my book is called Forget Perfect, How to Succeed in Your Profession and Personal Life, Even if You Have ADHD. I want you to keep in mind that forget perfect, because I feel the most important aspect of this podcast is to give you information. And in order to do that, I need to look at notes and look at the book. And so you're going to hear some paper rustling and things like that. And I apologize. But I really want to give you as much jam-packed information as I can. For this particular episode, there is no cheat sheet, but there are for some of the other episodes within this relationship series. So this one, again, is about ADHD and relationships in general. In life, we have relationships with many people, and making them work makes life a lot better. This podcast episode deals with developing relationships It is also addressing the ongoing relationship we have with ourselves. In all relationships, we must value one another and ourselves, be open to changing how we relate to others, and yes, forget perfect. Valuing yourself. I am listening to my family working on the New York Times Friday crossword puzzle. Fridays are always the hardest of the week in terms of crossword puzzles in the New York Times. It is amazing that we are together, my mom, brother, and nephew. My brother and nephew live in England, so we rarely see them. The three of them are working away. My nephew is providing some of the answers. At the time, he, he's 11 years old. It is scary. I have no clue how I'm related to this family. I am bad at crossword puzzles. And they actually even do the crossword puzzle in ink. We all have different roles to play within our families, our communities, and the world at large. ADHD can sometimes make you feel apart from others, even your family. When you're feeling this, remind yourself of your worth and what you add to the mix. What are you good at? How do you contribute to either your family or the world? Maybe you are the spice. Whether or not you have ADHD, we all forget to celebrate our uniqueness, especially when our lives are not going so well. It is crucial to double down on celebrating who we are as individuals during troublesome times. Instead of getting hung up on all we can't do or have trouble doing, try to appreciate who we are. Forget measuring ourselves against other people. Again, forget perfect. There will be some self naysayers, those of us who tell ourselves that we haven't done anything special, yet our existence alone has changed someone at some time. Think of what little or big thing you have done that has made a difference in another's life. If you can't think of anything, go do something. Maybe bake something and give it to a neighbor for no reason. Call a relative who isn't usually remembered. Mow an older person's grass. Email a friend with a great book or movie suggestion. It will make you feel great about yourself and will become the gift that keeps on giving because you are building relationships with others. Developing friendships provides you with support in this world. If you are affected by ADHD, you may find you have more challenges than others in developing those friendships. But you can surround yourself with those who value and support you, which will greatly enrich your life. So surrounding yourself with those who value you is really important. I have a friend who always makes me feel special when we talk or see each other, which unfortunately isn't often. She appreciates me and what I'm doing professionally and personally. And here's the amazing thing. She tells me, not just thinks it, but tells me. It is a great lesson. We often think good things about friends and other people, but we rarely voice those thoughts to those people directly and in the moment. My friend says how she feels in the moment due to her positive nature. It is great to hear. Even when she disagrees with me, it is with such sincerity and desire to move forward under, towards understanding that I feel invigorated instead of feeling defensive. Do your friends make you feel appreciated? Do you get off the phone feeling good about yourself? So often we stay in relationships that we haven't evaluated and later find they are really pulling us down. When you are with a true friend, each parting feels like the gift of a new day. In other words, you have a feeling of hope, not doubt about yourself. Be vigilant about the kind of friends and the kind of, and the kind of friends you have. Create and nurture friendships that make you feel good and gradually weed out the friends that make you feel less than. This weeding off process can be done subtly. These kinds of friends are not worth it and can do too much damage to your self-esteem. Friendship is an area where quality always trumps quantity. So let's look at expanding your circle of friends. Making and keeping friends can be hard for people with ADHD for many reasons. These include a tendency to interrupt when others are speaking, lack of follow-up or follow-through, constantly being late, inability to provide undivided attention to another person, and having comorbidities such as depression or OCD, which is obsessive-compulsive disorder. To meet new people, push yourself to get involved with activities that play to your strengths, If after you get to know somebody, a problem such as your being late arises, apologize, and together seek compromises that play to your assets, not your weaknesses, don't make promises you can't possibly keep, like, I will never be late again. One example of a good compromise is to have your friend call to remind you when to leave for an activity together. Your part is to thank them for the call and leave immediately. A coach can help move you from the meet and greet stage to the friendship stage in a smooth and easy manner. Sometimes we ADHD people barrel right in when a more circumspect approach would be better. For example, maybe you meet someone for the first time, you go to a meetup and you've talked to them for five minutes, observed them during the meeting, offered to give them a ride home, and then try to pin them down on plans for the next day. Then there are those of us that can be antisocial. Learn to be more social. Think of developing a social life as planting seeds and growing a garden. It takes time, and you need to cultivate it so it grows. A coach can help you brainstorm what activities you might get involved in to meet other people and what to do if issues arrive. If you have hyperactivity that plays out verbally, You can go from interesting and exciting to annoying and overwhelming quickly. I used to be this person in certain situations. Luckily, now it happens only rarely. An example of such a scenario would play out like this. You have the opportunity to meet a new group of people and you're excited because the theme of the gathering is something you know a lot about. This increases the likelihood that the people attending are your type of people. Even though it is hard for you to meet new people, you get over not wanting to go and get kind of excited about the gathering. Before you go, you remind yourself not to talk too much. At the event, a few people introduce themselves to you. You're thankful because it is hard for you to initiate meeting new people. Then the group gathers for a short presentation and a discussion. You make a comment that is formative and witty. People look at you, smile, nod, and make follow-up conversations. As the conversation continues, you notice that some information you believe is important hasn't been brought up yet. Not wanting to forget what you are thinking, you jump into the conversation and begin to monologue. The leader tries to gently get the conversation going again back to a dialogue. You jump in again at times even interrupting people or trying to talk over them. You realize at some point that you need to pull back, but for some reason you can't. When you first came to the gathering and made a few choice comments, people were attracted to you. As you began overwhelming everyone, the early positive impression you made evaporated. You go home feeling depressed and mad at yourself knowing that those few people you met at the beginning of the gathering whom you impressed were not likely impressed by the end of the evening. That little story is kind of the story of my life, at least in the past. I still sometimes make those mistakes, but I'm getting better at it, and I'm telling you so you know that you can get better at it. Another thing that's important to do is to build credibility. This is another way to build relationships with people in our lives. What is credibility? It's the quality of being trusted and believed in. According to the dictionary, synonyms are trustworthiness, reliability, dependability, and integrity. We communicate this through our interactions with people in our lives. Being someone who can be trusted to do what they say and is reliable can grease the wheels of life. It makes everything a little easier. With it, people cut you some slack. Without it, it is more difficult to recover from your mistakes. Everyone has two credibility banks. One is a professional one, and the other is a personal one. Both bank accounts are extremely important, and you've heard me in past uh, podcast episodes talk about this. If either or both balances are low, our lives become trickier. We have no wiggle room, whereas a high balance in our bank gives us room to maneuver with people when we need to do so. We always need to be building our credibility balance. Our personal banks, we have multiple accounts, such as family, romantic partner, children, friends, relatives, neighbors, people we do our personal business with, such as doctors, lawyers, dry cleaners, pharmacists, plumbers, bankers. You get the idea. We are involved with some people on a daily basis, With others, we have occasional interactions. In any case, it's important to have credibility with all the people who are important in your life and help make your life go. Simply meeting basic expectations does not give you wiggle room. If you go the extra mile, you will build up your different accounts, which will help when something goes wrong or you need a favor. I had to have some unexpected dental work done a few weeks ago. After I'd seen my dentist for my regular checkup, I didn't have all the money to pay for the unexpected work up front. My family and I had gone to this dentist and his father for years. I always paid my bills on time. For this reason, I had credibility. When I asked if I could delay payment, there was no problem. Another instance of how credibility works is that what I did with my inheritance. I received an inheritance. The money arrived just at the right time because my old car was kaput. I bought a used car and thought about what to do with the rest of the money. I decided to give half of it to my brother. Years ago, my brother had made it possible for me to move into my condo and did so without expectation of getting any money back. Due to my disabilities, it wasn't clear at the time if I'd ever be able to work, and he was very concerned about how and where I was living. Even though he had an inheritance coming too, I wanted to tangibly show my appreciation. What built my credibility in my brother's eyes was not the actual money, but the fact that I didn't have to give it to him. He never asked for it, and he knew I could use that money. My giving him a chunk of it was a way of saying that I respected him and the sacrifice he had made for me. So those are some examples of how to build credibility, and building credibility is key in creating new relationships and friendships and maintaining them. So that's all I'm going to discuss today about this. Next week, um, I'm going to be discussing ADHD and romantic relationships, primarily partnerships and marriage. So be sure to check out next week's podcast, And uh, just to remind you, there is no cheat sheet for this podcast episode. There is for the next one. So, again, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Survive and Thrive, Managing Life with Adult ADHD. Come back next week for a new episode. For show notes and free stuff, go to abigailwerf.com.